I got it. When I first heard about Dave being trapped in a maze. One, two, three, four. I built a labyrinth. Can you believe it? Dave is trapped in a cardboard maze in his living room and he can't get out. Welcome to Dave Made a Minute, the podcast where a whole bunch of us are exploring the film Dave Made a Maze one minute at a time. The twist. Many of the participants have never seen the film. Some don't even know what film they're sampling. They get their minutes and they tackle them as they see fit. Here's your host from the Groundhog Day Project and Michael Myers Minute, Robert Black. Minute 42, some strange dancing and something mesmerizing. I won't spoil it. To tackle Minute 42, we have Walt Murray and Alan Sanders of The Wilder Ride. You come home, there's a giant maze in your living room. You're like, what the... There's a giant maze in my living room. I've heard of people rearranging the furniture, but this is wackadoodle crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Did I promise? Did I promise to myself? It's like a fucking cocktail party in here. I get a few words from you before you go. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Minute Or. You haven't heard us since Minutes 18. I'm Alan Sanders with The Wilder Ride. And I'm Walt Murray, the co-host of The Wilder Ride. And we are on this kind of wilder ride, but nothing to do with Gene Wilder. This is a weird movie where these folks are stuck in some kind of a fifth-dimensional maze of cardboard. (laughs) Yeah, this is... uh... Saying that out loud just now makes me rethink (laughs) all of my decisions related to the time I responded to Robert's Facebook message... Would anyone be interested in blank? Yes, I'm kind of the same way. I think that you and I, the second we saw it, we're like, yes, this is something we want to jump on board with. And now we're wondering what in the devil do we get ourselves into? (laughs) In all reality, I am intrigued. But now we've made this massive jump. We haven't been back in this movie since minute 18. It looks like they found Dave. I was going to say they found Dave. But let's remind the listeners, too. Not only have we not been with y'all, we haven't seen the movie up to this no point. idea all we know is now coming in with this minute let's set the table quickly i can tell you we're lucky we got two minutes back to back so yes, you'll get us today and tomorrow i don't even know what day today is i just know you get us today and tomorrow but we start off the minute with the guys i guess there must they must all be friends because of the way they're interacting or they certainly got friendly very quickly yes. in the in the context of the maze but they're reenacting a black and white film raging bull Right. And then we end the minute with, it's a trap. It's a trap. And it's not Admiral Akbar. it's a trap. Right. It's I, just, but the trap, ironic, given that we open the line, I guess he's going to have to decide if he's going to bleep us, if it's going to be safe for work or not. Yeah, but right. We open with the line that they're reenacting from Raging Bull is, you fuck my, my wife. wife. Right. And they're trying to put the emphasis on the right place. It's like, well, because they say there's no scene. did, which there is no did. Ro- right. Um, De Niro. Robert De Niro, he just says, you fuck my wife. And it's a question. And they keep hearing the word did in it. And it will end with a cardboard stop motion vagina. So we start off talking about fucking something. And at the very end, we've got the thing that you would actually be talking about doing it to, you know. Right. So it takes a um, an interesting adult twist here. There is. Uh, so let's go ahead and start at the very beginning with the scene. It's the scene in Raging Bull where Joe Pesci, I, the brother, mm-hmm. Robert De Niro's questioning him and he's angry. And you can tell like, he either senses something stumbled on something for those of you who have never seen raging bull go see it it's really really it's academy award winning boxer movie but it's the scene between joe pesci and robert de niro where robert de niro's like you fuck my wife tell me you fuck my wife and joe pesci's doing the whole what are you, what are you, what are you talking about how do you have the balls to tell me that to ask me that you know he's like just tell me 
So the whole thing is about, did you do something with somebody I care about in, in general? Right. And one thing about this that's interesting is that is one of the few modern black and white movies that has been made in the color movie era. And the characters in Dave Made a Maze here, as they're talking about it, are all in grainy black and white. So it's but what's weird, like they're reliving that um, that whole scene. Right. While they're re- while they're exactly while they're replaying the scene, not only are they in black and white, but there's a filter that they've added to them that's giving a sort of way over the top green, like a scratched up film. Like we're watching a really, really old, almost, you know, this looks at like the kind of quality you get from the movies of, let's say, Buster Keaton or something. Right. If you look at how it just kind of rolls up on them. And I mean, this is sort of like an After Effects thing, but it's it's on all of them until they finish playing out this scene and they get shocked into being back into reality. Mm-hmm. So now I'm wondering, remember way back in Minute 18, I talked about the fifth dimension and like right. you got height, width, depth, time, space, and now some kind of an infinite loop to kind of tie, you know, the sort of the, the electromagnetic and gravitational forces all together with the speed of light and somehow make that all work. And now I'm wondering, does this world alter and change based on what they're saying or doing? Yeah, there is definitely a huge supernatural element that has come into this movie. Because the minute Annie gets pulled out of playing the scene because they're all trying to figure out, well, okay, did you use the word did or not? Does he use the word did or not? And the guy, the, the guy, what's his name? It's not, uh, it's Gordon, not Gordon. Um, is it Gordon? The No, not Gordon. Who's the Harry? camera guy? Uh, Harry. 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 Yeah. So Harry's like, that's not, that's not what it is. That's not the line. And there's no did, you know? Right. S- there's some sort of membrane that's close to them that all of a sudden looks like hands are trying to reach out to her. And she's like, ah! And she doesn't even like jump back, but it's the right. funniest startled scream. Ah! What is that? I mean, I laugh every time she does it. Yeah. And the shot is, um, is kind of weird because they've got her right up against the membrane, you know, really within inches of it and a very tight shot on her face. So she really can't jump back without jumping out of frame. That's true. Now, I didn't know that we suddenly are watching the opening title sequence of a traditional James Bond movie. That is exactly what I was just thinking, too, that it, it's that, um, is it For Your Eyes Only, I think is one of the first ones that I remember that has that crazy it's, opening. I think almost all of them. Yeah, they probably all do. Because Albert R. Broccoli, the mm-hmm. the producer, I of guess. The Broccoli the, brothers. Yeah, yeah the mm-hmm. Broccoli family initially making the movies wanted to have naked women, but they were like, we can't have naked women, okay? That's going right. to give us a rating that we're not going to be able to be to deal with. Well, what if we just put them in shadow and you only sense they're naked? <laughs> so, you know. So there you go. And so, and now it's a forever associated with Bond, so it's interesting that they're referencing Raging Bull, which is a movie, and then I can't help but draw the allusion to Bond because you've got just the silhouettes of these dancing girls. The colors keep changing from, like, blue to purple to reddish to... It's like, and you can see there's a spotlight behind them to help silhouette right. them. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think is really interesting. When Annie says, what is that? Dave goes, I don't know. This wasn't my idea. Yeah, and he says, this, this isn't, isn't exactly, exactly the maze, maze that, that I built. built. Some, Some things, things are just, are just there. there. And so you get the sense that they've been drugged into a different Like he's tapped into something. Here. Mm-hmm. Almost like Stranger Things, there's the upside down. You've tapped into something, but there's different rules in wherever yeah. they are. 
and they've they've now kind of left their universe and they're in some other universe here. And it does seem like whatever universe they're in, rules don't apply the way they would in our normal three-dimensional world, which again, I'm going back to 5D, that makes sense as well. It does. It that does. they're in some fifth dimension and if they're in some weird dimension where the normal rules of gravity don't apply because they're being affected by other rules in this fifth dimension, then how do we know that reality isn't something they can conjure or that it can conjure itself? Yeah. And I don't know that we, I mean, we may be so totally off here, but that is the sense that I get is that we are in a different dimension and that this maze has somehow tunneled into this other dimension. And even though these girls dancing behind this membrane are there behind the membrane, it's just pliable enough that they can push on it. And it's almost like this, you know, thin screen. And all it is is like this very thin, almost like uh, a a rubber glove or something, just real thin membrane that's keeping them from the other side of whatever, wherever those girls are. So it's, even though it looks like an image, uh, like a two-dimensional image at times, it becomes three-dimensional when they push against the membrane. And it freaks Annie out, and she's ready to go. It does, and they they do it a couple of times, not just to Annie, but they do it again to, I think, is it Gordon? I think so. It's it's really, okay, I I, got to be honest right now, I feel like I've, I've been slipped a, a roofie at the club and I'm feeling really funky right now <laughs> because I can't really figure a whole lot out. It's like I'm missing a whole lot of this movie. Yeah, like you said, there's action that has taken place that um, has gone on when we weren't here. Again, it was kind of like we talked about another minute that we were in. Uh, I almost feel like I watched a little bit of the show and then walked out of the room and then came back and forgot to pause it. Right. Now, is there is there a reason why it's just besides the James Bond reference, which maybe that's what it is. Maybe it is a callback to James Bond. Maybe it's referenced somewhere else later in, in a conversation. Maybe that is one of his favorite or their favorite movies they quote or talk about. But is there a reason it's naked women behind there? Like there's no naked dude. So, it, again, that means James Bond. Right. You don't have any naked dudes behind you. You only have James Bond's silhouette in the James right. Bond opening trailers. But I'm just wondering if there's a significance to this world sort of does its own things. Why is that significant? Is it a James Bond reference? Uh, you got me. I, I, I'm lost here. And I, I think that I, I do kind of get the sense, though, that Dave has been here, even if he's been here without the other people. Like, he seems to know a little bit more of what's going on where the other folks that are with them well, don't that, have a clue. That line, and, and you wrote it down, but where he goes, this isn't the maze I designed, mm-hmm. you know? The fact is, the only way he would know that is he's had to have some time exploring yes. and being in this world. Well, and as he told her early on, he was lost. But yeah. he heard her from the outside of this maze. Almost like they were standing next to each other. Right. So, but, so how did sound from outside, inside the apartment, how did it get to where he is? How did he know she was back? And how did he know to go and find her? How did they all get hooked back up when she brought her documentary film crew down with their friend Gordon? You know, how did they all get together and meet? Because at some point, obviously, they're all together because this is our first time we have Dave. So we've met the illustrious Dave. We've heard him, but this is the first time we're seeing him. We are. We. Well, you and me. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. I didn't mean to (laughs) set the weird expectation for the listener who's been here for minutes zero through 41. The listener's like, hey, dummy. Um... He's like, uh, duh, don't you remember in minute number 17? 20 minutes ago. No. 
Yeah, no, we don't remember, so we apologize. But minute twenty-two was no, no. Clearly, we don't know minute twenty-two. Well, I think but, maybe to make a reference back to our podcast, The Wilder Ride, and to um, uh, Young Frankenstein, and to a statement my dad made at one point of, "Come on, guys, it's just a movie. It's just a movie." <laughs> I thought you were going a different direction. I thought you were going to reference the fact that remember the confusion we could sometimes feel with our own podcast when we kept recording minutes out yeah, of order. Out of order. Yes. I don't think anybody. If you go back and listen. There was only one episode where I'm like, ooh, we kind of glitched that one. It was a glitch in the Matrix. But I think no one would know like when we recorded because some of them were literally no, I, weeks. I don't think so. Earlier or later, and we had to come back and pick them up and then try to make sure they all flowed. Well, and a difference between this, where we are now, and what happened with us is we were so familiar with the movie. True. And you know, for me as a lifelong fan and for you going over and over and over it preparing, where this one we were flat cold. And so we are just experiencing for the first time what's going on here. You know what is going to be funny? I'm going to put a, I'm going to put sort of like a a little Easter egg or not really an Easter egg, but like a time capsule right here. I'm going to say this. I can't wait till I'm hearing this episode in context with the previous 41 minutes to get us to this point to know what either geniuses we are or just off the mark idiots we are. Or somewhere in between. Yeah, I was going to say maybe some from column A and some from column B leaning heavier on column B. <laughs> <laughs> Just a shot in the dark could here. very well be. But that's going to be my guess. Could very well be the case. Um, before we uh, go into the James Bond girls, I did want to kind of very quickly because you're like, well, where are the film guys? They are in the scene. You only get a quick shot of them while they're having this recreation of the Raging Bull moment before the James Bond girls start kind of trying to you know fondle our 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 characters right around second 6 when Annie is like trying to get like Ugh! and she used the word did did you fuck your wife you know she's like very gruff about it or kind of but playfully funny you see cameraman and boom operator in the background just kind of hanging out waiting i guess to be called upon yeah and it's almost like they're having an off scene um conversation yeah, so the the whole crew that we met earlier mm-hmm. is together with the uh, addition of Dave. Right, so Dave found them. Dave got some kind of a travel bag, sort of uh, a, yeah, I was a, about slung over one shoulder. Thing. Yeah, is Annie's backpack still there? Yeah, she's got her backpack yeah. on. So when she, after looking at the girls, and that's interesting, the transition to move us at about second twenty seven into twenty eight to get us into the next moment. It's Annie who seems all of a sudden a little disconcerted yeah, about she's these ready to women. Move on. That nearly groped her, that nearly touched her, that are pushing through that membrane. And she's like, can we go? Yeah. And then as we move into the next room and you see Dave's face, mm-hmm. he's he has an expression almost of, oh boy, here it is. Right. And actually what's noticed, he it's like he almost wants to look at the camera. And then it's like as the actor is like, oh, don't look into the camera. That breaks the, that breaks the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. We don't want the audience to uh, know that I know that there's a camera there. So it's like he's avoiding something, which is kind of neat because I thought, well, that's kind of a bad acting choice. You're kind of acknowledging there's a camera there and your eye your eye line doesn't naturally – it's like you recognize, oh, camera, move and, – and he darts his eye away. He looks down and moves off to the right. Then Annie's right behind him. She looks straight into the camera now, looking right at us, saying, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. Yep. Dave, what did you do? What did you do, Dave? So typical Dave. So as the camera pushes into her, which is great because we get a sense of the camera pushing in, we immediately click to her POV and we're seeing through her eyes. And now the camera's pushing into a cardboard vagina. 
a pulsating <laughs> Why not? cardboard vagina with what looks like some kind of a stop motion, a combination of like stop motion way down deep. And I'm not sure what that is in the very, very, the, the, the central part of that opening. But you see the, the wall is sort of pulsating and there's almost like it's it's almost like the sense of water or sand and something's moving underneath the sand. Yeah, but it's definitely it, that stop motion feel. It's almost like the black and white dots on a TV when there's no reception. Yeah, but and, I think it's got more texture it, than that. It, it it does. It's kind of granular. Yeah, it almost it looks does. like it's powder yeah. or sand. It looks like like a, like a white like a fine sand on a beach, and there's something. Crawling, it looks like uh, um, like you're gonna put the little tongs down, and then the little creatures from yeah. Wrath of Khan are gonna pop out, and, oh, yeah. and you're gonna have you know Khan pull the little babies out and say, you know, these are not quite uh, domesticated, but uh, yeah, they leave you pretty much open to suggestion. Which, it, by the way, wait a minute, why wouldn't this be a reference to Wrath of Khan? They're they're all becoming very they're all becoming very susceptible to suggestion here. The minute they stare down at, they just including her. That she's staring like you got to be kidding me, and then all of a sudden, just eyes wide, doesn't yeah. blink, and just is like mesmerized, almost like she's under the hypnotic spell of those little sandworm creatures. Yeah. Things. Well, and you pointed out that Dave didn't stare into it. Dave so didn't. It's like, or he knew, but he looked up for just a second. That moment where we thought it's like the camera. It's like, oh, the, can't yep, look at can't that. Can't look at that. Yep, because it's as we see, it's a trap. Well, it seems to have what we find out here. As soon as she starts to lean into it, we come back to her, you know, the reverse again. We're back to her. Camera still pushing in. Eyes wide. Hasn't blinked yet. She puts her hand up almost like she's going to touch. Like it's it's so out of focus. Like she's ready to touch mm-hmm. the camera, giving us the impression she's ready to put her hand into this vagina looking thing. And Dave reaches out, grabs her hand and says, it's a trap. Yeah. They cast her really well because she's got great doe eyes mm-hmm. that really give that look of, you know, the very expressive look that you need for her, and, and that's come through a couple times. Yeah. Next, we've got uh, the guy, Gordon, who was initially back in minute 18, where she and he were exploring with the film crew behind. He gets comes through the little corridor, little mm-hmm. doorway, gets mesmerized. Looks like Dave reaches out to grab him, but before he can say it, she says Danny it. Danny says it. Yep. It's a trap. And then, as the next person comes in... Which we don't get to until tomorrow now. Oh, yes, that's right. This is where the minute ends. That's so right. So we've got these first two people behind Dave. Dave realizes it's a trap. He stops Annie from putting her hand into it. Then Gordon comes in. He gets mesmerized. Same then POV of the same pulsating, weird cardboard vagina with powder at the bottom. Whatever it is. Maybe it's cocaine. It could be. Maybe it's that big, giant mound of cocaine at the end of Scarface. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. Why not? <laughs> I wonder how many movie references are Easter eggs in this now? Because I'm I'm wondering that. Well, and there may be none. It could be <laughs> only the ones that we see. Right. That's right. Only for the special people who need their Geritol. The listeners are like, "What are you idiots talking about?" I don't need about? Geritol. I'm not fifty. <laughs> Easy. Yeah, yeah. One of us isn't fifty. <laughs> right. Uh, one of us doesn't act fifty. None of us, none of us acts our age. This is true. None of our friends that we know. No. Well, that's why they're much to our wives' dismay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Why do I have to go to the kids to get a grown up around here? (laughs) I often hear that. Go downstairs and find out what your father's doing before he does something to hurt himself or or us. Something stupid. (laughs) Yes, I, I can relate. All right. Well, as we begin to uh, wind down minute 42, we get to get the next minute. That's why you were starting to jump ahead, because we do get back-to-back minutes here. We get to move into minute 43. But before 
I set the table for tomorrow in minute 43. Is there anything in this minute you want to get to? I know sound design was kind of creepy. It wasn't that game show mu- or uh, uh, video game music anymore, but it was sort of, uh, uh, you know, almost like cacophonous, almost like weird noises. Like, uh, I don't know how to explain it, almost like angelic kind of, but weird, like almost bells or like. Yeah. Almost- yeah. And I'm still kind of intrigued by Dave's line about this not being what he built. And- yeah. And that it's taken on, doesn't it say something like it's become something else or? Uh, yeah, he, he said, um, he said, this isn't exactly the maze that I built. And then he and said something else after that. Yeah, this this wasn't my idea. Some things are just there. Just there, yeah. Right. So he had an idea of something. He wanted to do something. Now, what was it? What was he dabbling in that he's created this? Yeah. Because he said, this isn't exactly the maze that I built. Some things are just there. there. Yeah. So he intended to do some of this. What was he dabbling in? Does he have, did he have like access to the Necronomicon? Was he like channeling <laughs> spells? Did he find a way to tunnel into the fifth dimension? Did he? Did he... Well, and you know, for Dave, I, I think with him being the dabbler that he is, it probably just kind of got out of hand. Oh, and I'm sure he just kept oh, obviously on going. Yeah, and and here's what we end up with: is them lost in this maze. This is strange. Because uh, I want to yeah, know I, I would what, agree. what book did he stumble across? You know, because like the never ending story. Mm-hmm. Kid comes back with a book from the library, special book, doesn't realize that the book is really happening as he's reading it. But at least we have the device that explains why we're in these two different worlds. What allowed this world to happen? I, I, and I'm sure there's people who have already covered these minutes like, well, right. duh, but we haven't seen it. We haven't. But don't you think there's got to be something that he's dabbled into, whether it was something supernatural? And of course, this could all be an outgrowth of Dave's brain. And, you know, all of this could be, you know, Dave's mind has constructed all this stuff. Oh, that's a good point. That we're actually, this is a metaphor for his own labyrinth in his own brain for why he's, maybe that explains why all the different instruments and cards and everything, much like the outside world Mm -hmm. she's talking about. Maybe in his own mind, he realizes he's dabbled in all these things, and that's why he yeah, sees it on the wall. All of his real interests. But and it's always could in be cardboard. Why she's like, you know, so exasperated when they walk into the right. room and is like, you've got to be kidding me. But being all in cardboard makes it both real, but and fragile. Fragile and fake. And fake. It's cardboard. It's a cardboard cutout. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're standing next to those, you know, models and superstars in cardboard cutout, make it look like they were really there, but they weren't. Well, and, you know, the fact that Dave is dabbling in things like film and music and things like that, those are all things that, you know, you could become a superstar and become a huge person and become Mm -hmm. a huge talent. But, you know, for Dave, he's kind of a slacker, so he never really makes anything of himself. He hasn't been a success, So it is all kind of fake. In his brain, he's huge in in real life. I wonder if we're going to have that. Are they going to pull the rug out from under us at the last minute? Rather than it being a fantasy where somehow he has stumbled into a way to portal into a different dimension. Because if we wanted a real movie, if we wanted to be able to by the end go, okay, this was all just in his head, then you could say, okay, that explains why we've got all this weird crap. But I kind of want it to be... That he figured out some accidental way of punching into a new some dimension. Kind of, yeah. Even if it's unrealistic, it just, to me, that seems more, be more interesting if that's the movie we're watching rather than he's crazy and these, this is just his projection. Yeah, no, his I own don't mind. think he's crazy. I think this is I mean, just not crazy. A... Maybe this is too strong, but that, we're, like you say, we, we're in his own thoughts. We're, we're traveling in the, right. 
the craniums of his brain. Right, which I think that any of us would say traveling through the uh, cranium of our brain with our significant other would not be a uh, no. That would be good. That's why I keep the doors a good locked. Idea. Right. <laughs> many of them. Many, 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 many. Exactly. <laughs> Lots of passwords. And... <laughs> All right. So uh, outside of that, that's all I've got for this minute. Uh, we have definitely covered everything I had. All right. Well, let me very quickly uh, tease you with what's coming up tomorrow. You definitely want to come back. If at this point, if you're invested this far in the movie, you're going to want to come back. We're going to continue this ongoing joke of people entering the room, seeing the cardboard vagina with its hypnotic effect. And we're going to see that it's going to... It's going to pull the, the people in one at a time. They're going to do the joke. Okay, uh, it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. But it's going to end with, looks like, is that Harry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saying, I'm going to go check the light levels. And I think we hear just a snippet of conversation. Dave telling Gordon, I built this for you. So. Yeah, so you're going to have to come back tomorrow. Yeah. I want to know what what is going on with this relationship? Yeah, something's up here. So obviously now we know Gordon is more than just somebody that Annie knows. He knows him too. Maybe now it's best friend. Maybe. All right. Got to come back to the minute or, or Dave made a maze or whatever Robert's going to call it and put on the tail of this. But before we go, we are part of the Wilder Ride podcast. We look at movies one minute at a time, but we have a Patreon page, Walt, where we have other side projects that are, instead of diving into the minutia one minute at a time, we may do it a chunk at a time. Yeah, in fact, uh, at patreon.com slash the Wilder Ride, uh, soon you're going to be able to listen to, probably by the time this airs, uh, you'll be able to listen to a great interview with one of the autobiographers, or one of the autobiographers, one of the biographers of Gene Wilder. And a uh, great interview, real insightful. And yeah, uh, Brian Scott Mednick, Gene Wilder, yeah. happy and sad. And he took 15, 20 years. He said it was a 15 year project. Started off as kind of a thesis for college and ended up blowing up into a full blown biography. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with Gene Wilder and some of his works, you really owe it to yourself to uh, go check it out. Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, which is great. And then some of his later work with uh, Richard Pryor is fantastic. And then. Uh, beyond that, uh, some really uh, deeper kind of works that he he's done. And uh, Gene Wilder is one of my favorite entertainers of all time, and he's really a deep guy, so definitely worth checking out. So that's on patreon.com slash the Wilder Ride. Uh, there are also some other things that we're going to be posting out there that you can uh, check out. And I also think if you're at our Patreon page, you'll see that it's a place for you to be able to help support us in our podcast because we, in our normal podcast seasons, bring you a Gene Wilder flick one minute at a time, as well as in our Patreon area, other movies, as Walt just said, kind of in different things there to help kind of keep things moving in between seasons. Yeah, kind of a playground for us. a playground. Absolutely. All right. Well, come on back tomorrow. Minute number 43 on Minute Or, or Dave Made a Maze. Dave made something. Well, it made itself too now. Yes, it has. Dave has lost control. It is out of control. Much like Dr. Frankenstein. That's right. He's lost control of his creation. Yes, he has. It's alive. Are you talking about Frankenstein or Frankenstein? It's alive. It's alive. It's alive! And then I could probably disarm all the traps. And then we could, we could finish this maze. Who is with me? That was Walt Murray and Alan Sanders of The Wilder Ride taking a minute 42 of Dave Made a Maze. They will be back next time on Dave Made a Minute, taking a minute 43. Thank you for listening to Dave Made a Minute. Intro dialogue snippets were taken from Dave Made a Maze, directed by Bill Watterson, written by Bill Watterson and Steve Sears, and produced by John Charles Meyer. 
Intro music is Diversion by The Equals, featured in the film Dave Made a Maze, and Life Cycle of a Match by Parvis Decree. Outro music is Leaving This Godforsaken Place and Her Presence is Strong Here by Parvis Decree. Dave Made a Minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio and all other featured podcast producers. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dave Made a Minute. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. And check out all of the participants' other shows to spread the love around. Again, thank you for listening. As long as we're all working together, this is going to be fine. It's going to be great. I need you to notify the families of everyone who died here today. Totally. Wait, what? Luca! Luca!